Good morning and welcome to the 2011 Region 2 Convention. My name is Drea. I am a compulsive overreader and the moderator for this session. Please help us preserve our cherished tradition of anonymity by refraining from taking pictures in this or any other meeting room. And would ever, will everyone who cares to please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The title of this panel is Body Image. The format for this session is a reading from our literature, three speakers, and questions from the Ask It basket. As, as the speakers are sharing, we will pass around a basket with paper and pencils for you to write any questions you may have. Please specify if you're directing your uh, question to a specific speaker. Please be sure to keep the basket moving, even if you've already passed it. As speakers continue to share, members may think of questions they did not have when the basket first passed by. Is, is that our Ask It basket? Is that our Ask It basket? The ice bucket? It's the, it's the Ask It bucket. Popcorn bucket. Awesome. Chicken. It's always good to know your serving sizes. That's all I'm saying. So as, as it goes around, even if you've already seen it, pass it again because someone else might have just thought of the perfect question five minutes before. So uh, may I have a volunteer, please, to read a selection, of our, our literature selection, which is page five, paragraph four of the June 11 issue of Lifeline. Volunteer, please. Please come forward. Physical recovery comes first for me. Without it, no evidence exists that the program works to deal with unhealthy behaviors around food. My own physical recovery, maintaining a weight loss of almost 40 pounds, 18 kilos, for eight years, is a wonderful miracle that my higher power works in my life every day. Our first speaker is Denise from San Fernando Valley, who will speak for 12 minutes. I want to pass my pictures around. Will somebody step up? Thank you. I'm Denise. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Denise. I, um... I'll just, I have a few little notes that I wrote down because I was like, oh, body image. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you first that I am a hundred pounder. I used to weigh 280 pounds. Hoorah. <laughs> Hoorah. OA, baby. OA. Um, oh, I printed my thing big enough so I don't have to wear glasses. My, um, my uh, sponsor said something that I wrote down, and she says, today I have a body that I approve of. And I was like, wow, that, I, I, should, I should say that. I should feel that. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I went to look in my mirror, and I was like, well, yeah, I kind of I do like this body now. It is uh, battle-worn. It has some stretch marks, and it has some flaps. <laughs> But um, if I'm here. I'm standing. Um, another one. I, I was talking to my one of my sponsees, and she said she she we're we're both we were both talking about our struggles with food, and she said um, that 
I feel like a size 14 before I am a size 14. And for me, that meant that as I work out, as I eat right, as I get up and read right, call and pray every day, do all the stuff that means that I am working my steps, I start feeling better before I even get down to the size I think I want. Um, and so as I was doing my workout the other day, I was like, yeah, I think I'm starting to feel like a size 10 now. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like a size 10. Um, I ride my bike a lot, and that's why I'm all trussed up because I have a fractured elbow, a sprained forearm, a sprained shoulder from a fall off of my bike. And as I was riding my bike, I, I like to think that I'm Lance Armstrong. I'm Lance Armstrong. I'm Lance Armstrong. Um, and every now and then, I even feel like I'm an athlete. And I just like, wow, where did that come from? <laughs> O-A, baby. O-A. O-A. Um, I wrote down what my favorite body parts are now. Because um, when, when I first really got to my goal weight, this is not, I'm a retread, so it's in and out, in and out. But this time around, I've been in program for nine years now. I came in in 88, lost 120 pounds, uh, was in program for eight years, um, thought I knew the program, thought I had down pat, thought I graduated. So I was out of program for five years, huge mistake. I gained back 60 pounds. And so when I came back to the program nine years ago, I hit the ground running, got a sponsor, did all the stuff I was supposed to do, and got back to uh, my player's weight. Uh, <laughs> uh, right now, I, so, so and when I would talk to my sponsor and I would tell her, you know, I'm in the mirror a lot. I don't know, is that bad? And she said, <laughs> She said, no, you're supposed to look at yourself. You're supposed to see yourself. And so I was just like, okay, I got permission. I'm in the mirror all the time and trying to, you know, see, find my best angles and stuff and see what my chin looks like. And, and so my favorite body parts are now I'll be in the, in the mirror naked trying to find out which was the thing that I like the best, uh, thighs. Surprisingly, I said, because because they never were before. I was always concerned about whether my thighs were rubbing and stuff. Okay, they do, but that's okay today. Uh, my clavicle, it just appeared recently. I was like, look at that! I never saw it before. Uh, I like my feet. I don't know. They Sometimes they're skinny, sometimes they're fat. If it's really hot, they kind of swell up. Uh, but now, you know, in the cool air conditioning, I, I kind of like them. Um, my wrists, because they never got re really too fat, but when I was 280, my wrists had gone back to having a little creases here like a little baby because I didn't know that my hands and feet had gotten fat when I was 280. You know, when I lost weight, I could buy smaller size shoes. I, who, who, who knew? And wonder of wonders, my arms are my favorite. Because underneath the flab, look, muscles. <laughs> so even though that's happening, I like to look at them like this, you know. So that's that's my, you know, that's me. Um, 
there's a there was a woman in one of the meetings I used to go to, and she she shared one day that she was working at an OA event, and it was hot, it was outside, and she always wore overblouse. And it was so hot, she just finally just couldn't take it anymore. She took that overblouse off. And so her arms were showing. <gasps> and the, the event went along, and it got busy and busy, and the event started. And she forgot to put her overblouse back on as the people started coming in. And then she realized that the event was all, she was halfway through it, and she still hadn't put her blouse back on. And, oh, my God, the world didn't come to an end. <laughs> It didn't. Nobody said anything about her arms. They just said, you look great, happy to see you. And so when I heard her story at that time, I had had just been, oh, I'm not going to ever wear shorts again. I had seen myself in the, in the store mirror in that horrible lighting with some shorts on. And my legs, ooh, honey, it's just a mess down there. It's, it's uh, you know, from the, being 280 to not being 280, it's just it it don't it don't bounce back. It doesn't bounce back. I'm gonna be uh, 57 next month, and so it just it ain't no spring back ability in this body at all. It's just not. So I wouldn't wear shorts. But after I heard her story, I started wearing shorts. I was like, what the hell? I'm wearing shorts. It's hot in the San Fernando Valley where the devil vacations. I am going to wear some shorts. I'm tired of being musical trying to hide. I just wear shorts and I let my flabby knees show and nobody has said, ooh, look at those, ooh, why are you in shorts? No one, no one. They just, because I look around and I was like, okay, there's some other people out here that look like me too and it's okay. It's okay. But I still sometimes have a fat head and <laughs> I will look at a space and say, oh, God, I can't fit in that space. Oh, that, that chair is too, oh, I can't, mm-mm, no. But I, I can fit in that space. I can fit in the space this little. When I was getting out of the car this morning, I had to park real tight, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to be. But I, could, I didn't have to turn sideways. I could, because I, I, I'm not that fat girl anymore. I'm not. Um, and another thing that, put for me, puts my body image in its proper perspective, I was watching Oprah, a favorite person on the planet, and uh, there was a story on there. There was a woman named Jackie Sabarito. That, that's out? Oh, oh, okay. And, well, she, she was um, a beautiful, beautiful woman, and she was involved in a, in a car accident in 1999, that melted off her face and her hands. You might have heard her story. And so there she is still alive, still hopeful, still living. And so, and she doesn't look anything like she used to look. And so I can deal with some flabby arms, I can deal with some cellulite, I got a whole bunch of that, but some space could knock that right out. Uh, I don't, I don't have to, if she can live like she lived, I can live like, like I live. Um, and um, about four years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I was so afraid. First, I was afraid I was going to die. Then I was afraid I was going to have to get my booby cut off. But uh, neither of those things happened. But uh, I did have surgery. 
and chemo and radiation. And so for the men out there, cover your ears. I have one tucked booby and one old booby. <laughs> a more body image that I worried about him. Would my husband love me? Would he still and it's cool. I can and then then people would say, Well do you want to get the other booby tucked to get that one fixed and be matching the other one? I was like, man, I'll just go with the boobies I got and <laughs> just be glad that I'm alive today. And <laughs> and I gotta say that uh my friends in OA, in my Wednesday meeting, Sandy, you know who you are, uh, they were a, a huge, huge support to me. They showed me their scarves and another body image thing that I used to let worry me, but I'm like, I'm still alive. I'm scarred. I'm, I'm battle weary. I'm a veteran of life. And... It's okay. However I look, I'm moving, I can walk, I can breathe, I can see. And so I get a chance to just live life to the fullest. How much time do I got? One minute? Two minutes. So uh, when I was thinking about what to say for the body image panel, I was like, ooh, I don't know, I don't know. But uh, <clears throat> I found this flyer. It's an OA flyer at my meeting and somebody I was like, ooh, maybe I can find something to say off of here and I did. Uh <laughs> that was uh that was the OA Foothill Intergroup. They sponsored a body image workshop uh last May. I didn't get to go, but um I'm looking at the flyer and the flyer says, Through whose eyes do you see your body? I, I through whose eyes do you see your body? I think that's a great question. And I still have a tendency to compare my body to everyone else. I have this number that I think I want to get down to, and I may or may not get there. It depends on my higher power and what work I'm willing to do, because I am willing to do anything. I was willing to get up in, at really early in the morning to come and talk to you guys at 9 o'clock. I am not a morning person, but um, here I am. Here I am. I was willing to do that for me because I need to do everything I need to do to uh, maintain my um, abstinence because it is the most important thing for me. It is the most important thing. It's a precious, precious gift. So um, what I thought about is the answer to this question, through whose eyes do you see your body? I need to look at myself through my own loving eyes, my own loving eyes. I get to love myself and treat myself special and wonderful and beautiful because I am a child of God who is my higher power. And so, and I'm worth it, I'm worthy, and so I do all of the work. I read, write, call, pray, do service, go to meetings, and just whatever else. And that's it? Okay, thank you for letting me share. I want that 57, just so you know. That is not, geez. Anyway, all right, you, you took my panel. All because I could not remember. The second speaker is named Matt. He's from L.A., and he will speak for 12 minutes. Hi, my name is Matt. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Matt. 
I, to qualify, I have four years of abstinence. I'm 27 years old, and I'm down 160 pounds from my top weight. The only thing that's kept me uh, coming to this program is that whenever a service opportunity comes up, I don't say no, I don't question it, and I don't judge it. And um, when I got the call to do body image, I actually, I said no. <laughs> I mean, I really, I, I, my sponsor's the programming chair, which made it even worse, but I, <laughs> I mean, I actually kind of, I was like, I really don't think I'm the right person to become body image. And he goes, and that makes you the perfect person to speak on volume. And if you know Ira, it wasn't said nicely either. Um, I'm still new. And um, I've worked through the steps. And I still don't have much acceptance about my body. And... Um, you know, I, you know, it's like I can talk about abstinence and food plans and actually I don't ever talk about food when I share it, but I can talk about the spirituality of the program and how I got over resentment and how I got over this and how I got over that. But the thing is, it's like even with all that, like I'm still left with my head. I'm still left with the voices that my head says. I'm still left with how I talk to myself. And like here's some of the things that grow up. And the thing is, like I can get over the resentments I have towards people. I'm even over a lot, nearly all the resentments of the people who did harm me growing up. But the thing is, it's like now, you know what, that's not enough. Because if someone else isn't hurting me, you know, the disease, it's a disease in my thinking, then something else has to be hurting me. And that's me. You know, growing up, you know, in third grade, I, like, this is body image. Like, let's get real about it. You know, body image affects, <clears throat> affects how I relate to people, places, things. It affects my sex life. It affects, you know, everything. And, um, you know, I remember I was always bigger than other kids. I was always slower than other kids. I remember third grade um, being on the bus and some, and some kid like grabbing my chest, like grabbing my my man boobs in third grade and, and like touching them like that. I remember um, I remember middle school was horrible. I remember people poking me and calling me Pillsbury Doughboy. I remember just walking down the hallway being poked and go, people going woohoo and. It's not about being fat. It's about why don't I have control over this situation? Why is my body not mine? Not to mention things that happened to me growing up where they're, you know, what I say, don't touch me with family. Don't touch me. Or because they're your family, they, you know, um, you know, as a hundred pound, pounder, um, you know, I was 340 pounds and, and I, I lost, I lost all the weight in high school. I exercised my way down and chewed and spit food out and did all that. Got myself down to 180 pounds, came back from summer break, got a girlfriend. Man, it's amazing when girls think you're hot in high school, they, even then they're offering themselves to you. How come just the year before I was a piece of shit and I was you know, overweight. And then I went to college, lost, you know, just skyrocketed, 340 pounds. 
and I started with the personal trainer, trying to lose the weight again before I joined OA. I mean, I'm like 300 pounds, and I could do push-ups and sit-ups. And he's like, oh, my God, like how... He goes, you... And I was like, I don't... I don't. I go, how am I able to do this when I'm still this fat? And he said, well, you know, I was very active. I was really active in school, and I was walking around all the time. And um, the miracle is that underneath all that, there was muscle to handle the weight. That's a power greater than myself. Like, that's God. But also, like, to get real about body image, um, when, I, when I did my inventory, next to everything I had, I had my body weight. And, you know, I, I know it's like we talk about, okay, I came for the vanity and I stayed for the sanity and it's all about the spirituality and, you know, physical recovery will come in time. You know what? I'll be honest with you. Physical recovery was a huge part of my recovery because the decisions I make for myself when I'm at a healthy body weight are different than decisions I make for myself when I'm fat. In third grade, I went online and looked at naked men. You think that didn't screw with a third, a third grader's head? A men's, a man, a little boy's head? Because I didn't look like everybody else. So I wanted to know, what am I supposed to look like? What is, what is this word sexy? Like, what is this supposed to be? In third grade, I violated myself with the Internet. And now, at, at 27 years old, I have excess skin, and I still like, get so frustrated about how I look. I'm like, why can't I look the way I want to look? Why can't my life happen the way I want it to happen? And the whole point of this program, the whole point is, is like, it may not be the way you want it to be, but it doesn't mean that you can't make the best of what it is. And like, my whole thing is this whole idea of the disease, and we talk about an allergy of the body and obsession of the mind. So if that's how I treat food, if certain things trigger me, then that also means that probably certain things that I think about, certain things that, that just make me feel like crap, I'll just run with. Because I'm so familiar with feeling like crap. You know, on page 30 of the big book, it talks about, you know, the, the addiction. And it talks about, you know, I have this obsession, illusion, insanity, and delusion. Those are the four words it used. That sounds like craziness to me. Obsession, illusion, insanity, delusion. And it talks about how, like, we have this idea that, you know, someday we'll control our drinking. And someday, but you know what? Whenever I'm feeling crazy, whenever I know I'm in that circular thinking, that's what I go back to. The obsession, the illusion, the insanity, and the delusion. And that's what tells me I need a power greater than myself. You know, if someone paid for me to have my skin removed, I would take it. And I, I feel ashamed to say that. I want to have a belly button. I would like to have a belly button. You know, the disease sucks. The disease sucks. You know, I'm, I'm working to pursue a creative career, and I get so feeling like... It's so funny how I, 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 I like... I'm more concerned that all the things that are out of my control are what's going to stop me from getting where I want to go. Because the only thing that I'm in control of is, is how I respond to situations. And... Um, This, this is a this to me is, is a program because you know what? I don't know how to work the steps yet around around my body image. I really don't. And um, what I do know is that at the Darby office in Reseda, there's a hundred pounders meeting there. And in the bathroom, there's a mirror. 
and it's the only mirror I like to look at myself in. Because there's an energy in this room, there's an energy in these, in, with these people that says you're okay the way you are, that tells me you can do whatever you want to do with your life, that tells me that these physical things don't matter. And when I look in that mirror, I am okay. I'm okay. I'm happy with how I look. That's the program. That's a higher power. You know, when I talk to my sponsor about this stuff, he goes, it's vanity. He goes, you're so vain. He says, you're so vain. And uh, <laughs> I am. I am. Because you know what? I was 300 pounds for a long time in my life. And I hate anyone who has been. You want to know how sick I am? Someone said they thought I was an anorexic in a meeting. I was like, really? Really? I was like, no, really? Really? Um, when, I was, when I was fat, I wanted hugs all the time. I wanted that. Now, I have a hard time with, you know, I've been married six months. And, uh, and, uh, I, I'm now, I don't want to cuddle. I don't know, but it's like you can feel me and I don't, my whole point is, is like, there's a lot to this. And, you know, all I can say is like, it's a hard program and, and you have to stay. I've seen so many people lose weight and then they leave because when you lose the weight, that's when the shit hits the fan, man, because you got to deal with the real world. And you've got to deal with yourself in the real world. And you've got to deal with the fact that, you know what, I have bones and I can see, I can like feel my wrists or I can, I have like, like I can see my, the shape of things, you know? I can see my private parts. To a man, that really messes with you. Let's get real. So once I lose the weight and these are the things that start happening, for me not to stay, I'm crazy. The only thing I know how to do whenever I share it in meeting is just say, you know what? When I got absent, I lost the weight. That's when I really need to program the most because these are the things that go on. But the whole point is, is like I'm still here. I'm still absent. I'm still honest. And I'm still dealing with it. And the thing is, is like I know it will get better. I know it will. For me, whatever I'm going through, it goes in cycles. And this for now, and then I get asked to speak on the panel. It's like, calm as a bitch, man. You know? And... um I, I love, 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 love this program. It allows me to go out despite myself and pursue all of my dreams. I left a full-time job to pursue my dreams. You know, I work at a coffee shop and I'm, I love it. And it doesn't mean I don't look in the mirror 200 times a day and wonder if you can see my skin or how this looks or that looks. I will say I went to a really popular clothing store, put on size 32 pants, and had an orgasm in the... I was like... Have you, have you, have you, have you heard me outside the room? I was like, oh. <laughs> and they're on sale, so I had to buy them. 
<laughs> um, but yes, I'm, I'm vain. And yes, I have issues. And yes, I have character defects. And yes, I have excess skin. And the whole point is everyone else has issues too. And the whole point is, is like the miracle of this program is that before OA, I didn't think that I could go out and still live my life with my problems. Where now I'm learning that with OA, I'm supposed to go out and live my life with my problems and with my head. That's a miracle. You know? So, that's it. Thanks. The Ascot Bassett's still swirling the room, right? Still hovering around? Okay, keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, our third speaker is Cheryl R. from San Gabriel Valley, and she will speak for 12 minutes. I am standing. Hi. <laughs> I used to be involved in uh, Region 2, and when I'd get up to the mic, they'd say, Stand up, Cheryl. You know, so. Anyway, um, my name is Cheryl, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm really, ex- well, I'm really excited to be here. When they sent me the message that I would be sharing on body image, I thought, they don't, I think they don't know who I am. I'm 68 years old, you know, and who's going to want to hear from a 68-year-old woman about body image, you know, they want somebody young who does a lot of athletics. So I didn't, you know, I have no idea what I'm going to share. And I came yesterday and signed in and I said, are you sure that you want me to do this? Because who wants to listen to me? And they said, we do. So, you know, so apparently my higher power is in charge. And uh, for whatever reason, I'm supposed to be here. If not, any other reason but to hear the other two speakers. So I'm really grateful for their sharing. Um, I came to Overeaters Anonymous. I've been, in over, I've been abstaining in Overeaters Anonymous for 35 years. Uh, a day at a time, I'm a gutter-level compulsive overeater who could not do anything without putting something in my mouth. And uh, whether that's being orally fixated or not, I don't know. But anyway, I... Uh, I came here, I was 33 years old. I was busting the seams of 20, size 20. Uh, and I didn't want to be a compulsive overeater. I thought it was a damn rotten shame that I was short. I'm four foot nine. And if I were six feet tall, I could eat what I wanted to and get away with it. So anyway, I, I came and I heard hope for the hopeless here in Overeaters Anonymous. And so I stayed. I'm now 68, so you know I've been around 35 years, so I'm older than I was. I've been here longer than I've been alive, or I mean when I got here. <laughs> Actually, I, to be honest with you, my life began the day that I walked through the doors of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I came here, like I said, I didn't really want to, I didn't want to be a compulsive overeater. And I thought it was a shame that I was powerless over Twinkies. You know, I wanted something more, you know, like an ax, if I could be an axe murderer, that would be better. You know, something really that had substance, not a stupid Twinkie. 
Anyway, you know, I stayed around. I, I, I came to meetings until I got abstinent. And I did that with, I accepted the fact that I was a compulsive overeater with reservations because I didn't really want to be. But if I wanted what I heard people in these rooms talk about, then I had to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'll do what I have to do to stay here with reservations, you know. And so I got down on my knees. I asked God for help. And my prayers and my requests have never been denied. My higher power is exceptionally strong. He will do anything and give me anything if I'm willing to do what I need to do to keep it. And so I've been coming back to meetings. I've been involved in service. And I'm supposed to talk about physical recovery. Um, you know, I've lost the weight. I'm not a 100-pound loser. I'm about a 50, 60-pound loser. I was thinner. I quit smoking, gained a little weight, and I'm, I'm taking that off. Um, but I was gross to me when I came to OA. And uh, my recovery, my physical recovery, well, let's see. You know, I, I wear uh, a size 8 or 10 now, so that's a big difference. And, uh, oh, jeez, I, I don't usually talk phys about physical. Well, you know, it's all physical recovery when I'm abstaining and working the steps. Um, I was thinking of really terrific things to say while I was sitting over there. You know, well, some of the things like, you know, I work uh, for in law enforcement, and, and, and that amazes me because, uh, you know, I wouldn't have passed a, a polygraph before I got to this program. <laughs> you know, so I work in law enforcement, and one, one little physical thing is, is that one day I came into work and there was a, a car seat, a little kid car seat sitting in the lobby, and they said, Cheryl, I bet you can't sit in that. So I did, and they took a picture and uh, of me sitting in a baby car seat. And they showed it at our Christmas party, you know, so it was, it was kind of embarrassing. But, um, you know, a lot of things have, have happened. You know, I do have the flab, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the sags and the bags. I would rather have that than have them filled like they were when I came to Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, I, um, I, you know, so many things have happened. I remember, you know, I do, I have the lapidary apron, you know, that, you know, from the stomach being so enlarged. And um, uh, I, I used to say that, that, I, that I, I was a little bit embarrassed about it, but I thought, you know, during, during sex, if I'm on top, I'm clapping, you know. You know, I'm really great. You know, so you know, I, I, what I, what I learned to do with my body is, is, laugh about it, and accept it. You know, it's a thing that, with, you know, I, I am so grateful for the recovery that I found in this program, and the life that I have because of this program. It's like this program. I came here because I was obese. And because I just didn't want to be. And I really came here because I wanted to be thin and I wanted men to die for me. 
because I really thought that that's where my self-worth would come from. But I found in this program, as I've stayed and as I've worked the steps, and I've taken care, you know, we have a soul sickness, and we have to heal. You know, it's like if you have a scab, and you cover it up with a Band-Aid, you know, or you have a, uh, you have a sore, and you just cover it up with a Band-Aid, you cover it up. And here, and what, what the sore really has to do in order to heal is to heal from the inside out. And that's what we have to do. And that, that's part of physical recovery, too, because as we work the steps, and as we take care of the issues that Matt was talking about, the issues that are the underlying causes of our disease. You know, our disease is a disease that tells us that we don't have it. And as we take care, as we stay here, and, we, and I am a compulsive reader, and I have to abstain to be able to have my head clear enough so that I can work on the things that I need to work on so that I can recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body one day at a time. And I'm never going to be recovered. I'm recovering one day at a time. So I have an opportunity on a daily basis to get up and to work these steps and to embrace life, which I didn't do before I got to this program. You know, I got a, I woke up in the morning and it was like, oh, God, another day? You know, another day of that crap of eating and not being able to stop and figuring out ways to get stuff without people seeing me do that and and to look at myself and, and be totally disgusted with myself. Didn't matter about anybody else. I was disgusted with myself. And today I wake up and I am absolutely elated to have another day to do whatever it is that is placed in front of me. And life is not always beautiful. I mean, there's always things that we have to work through. That's what life is. You know, I, I came here, I wanted a life that existed rose-colored glasses, you know, to be able to just, you know, that's not life. They told me that was a mental institution, you know. Uh, but that's me, you know. And and I marched to the, I came here knowing that I marched to the beat. Three minutes, awesome. Uh, I marched to the beat of a different drummer, you know. Well, uh, hey, it's okay. You know, I do. And I know that I'm just a little bit torqued and a little bit twisted. And I like that. <laughs> I do. And, it, you know, another thing, too, is I'm a senior citizen. Yeah, right. Anyway, I'm a senior citizen, and at work, I told them that for the 4th of July, we were going to the senior center. And I work with a bunch of young young people, and they go, Cheryl, come on. We don't see you in the senior center, you know, because I'm alive. That's what this program gives us. It gives us that exuberance for life, and and that's physical. You know, I'm in a smaller body. I work hard. I work physically hard. I don't exercise. I don't, you know, I mean, like, like I don't. I have Zumba, and it's in the in the tray, you know, to be put in the VCR, but I've never used it. Anyway, you know, but it's there, and one day I will. You know, I do get on the treadmill at work once in a while, you know, because I can. And... Uh, but, you know, I work in my yard. I work hard. I dig trenches. I plant plants. I, I'm alive. And I owe it all to this program. Because when I came here, I was apologizing for the space that I took up and the air that I breathed. 
and I don't do that anymore. You know, I'm a member of the human race, and I'm absolutely elated, and I love this program. You know, I keep coming back. I'm an OA junkie. You know, it's like I come back, I go to anything that I can get to, because I, I've, I've heard people that come to, come to like these things, and they go, I got sat, oversaturated. I've never been oversaturated with Overeaters Anonymous. I can't get enough. I love recovery. I like hearing people shit. Excuse me. Share how this program has changed their life. And I love, you know, sharing with newcomers and people how this program has changed my life and continues to change it on a daily basis. You know, uh, the most I can say is, you know, I, I, oh, and another thing, I used to have to get drunk out of my mind to dance, you know, and because of this program, I learned to dance sober. You know, I'm also a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I came here for a while before I realized I needed to get sober, too. And and that's been, been, been grateful. But I came here, and I learned, you think about the word avoidance. That's what I did. I avoid dance. And here, it's like every opportunity I have to dance, I do, you know. And... Uh, and I learned that, you know, I'm looking out of my eyes, and if I'm looking out of my eyes and I'm loving dancing, you know, I just pretend that I'm the only one in the room, and nobody's looking at me, and, and I, I, love, I love to dance. I love life. I love walking. Uh, everything. Thank you very much for letting me share. Where's the ask it basket now? Could you bring that forward, please? So it's the game show portion now, where the audience gets to ask questions of the uh, of, of the panel. Thank you. Hold completely at random. Okay, this one is open to everyone. When you feel bad about your body, even at your normal weight, what do you do? How do you deal with your mind? <laughs> we can sit here all day. You do whatever you're supposed to do anyways. You, you, act, you act as if. You just go out there and you just, you just do it. I mean, I, I think that's what the whole program is about. It's a program of action, you know. It's like I, I, I started with, like, an, an affirmation of, like, I'm a handsome man. I'm like, well, that's not all I want from life. I'm a handsome, successful man. And then it's like, it just goes on and on and on. It's like even affirmations, like, you can, like, trying to control things, you know. I can't control what my head does, but I can control how I respond to it. So I act as if, and I go out and I live my life because I know that my head's lying to me, you know. And act as if I'm, Eddie said this to me the other day, act as if I'm at a healthy body weight. Because I am. Yeah. I'm not at my normal weight. My normal weight is bone. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just felt like I had to share that. I, my, norm, my goal weight 
is to stand behind a small tree like that sideways and not be seen. You know, that's my idea of a normal way. And what I do is it's like life. What I do is it is what it is, and you just accept what it is, and that, that's what helps me. What program actions do you take to handle fat brain? <laughs> the quotes were used. I figured that was appropriate. What program actions oh. do you take to handle fat brain? Oh, you, you know, um, <clears throat> program has a whole bunch of sayings. Let go, let God. Easy does it. Well, I have kind of a loop of those things in my head. And so when I have the fat brain, which is fairly regularly, I get to uh, come back to reality. Say I, those things are looping through my head and I get back in touch with reality. I get into in front of the mirror and go, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Even this morning when I put these clothes on that I bought like four months ago, two, yeah, four months ago, I, I still was a little afraid that they might not fit. So I'm in the bathroom this morning going, oh, yes, yes, yes. So, and the other thing is everything, every little miracle, when these clothes fit, thank you, God. That's what I did. And something just occurred, like working with another compulsive reader calling another compulsive overeater and asking them how their day is. That's, I mean, that at the end of the day is the only answer because it's the only thing that gets me out of my head because I'm not thinking about me. And I forget that a lot. What is going on with those members? How to deal with it when feeling uh, while feeling ostracized? Do I have that right? I don't want to have someone. Do, but can I can I take a stab at an interpretation? Um, when, when, when I feel like I'm, I'm too fat to be at a meeting. Or like, if if if, if how, how do I treat the person who feels like they're fat to be at a, at a meeting? Too fat to be at a meeting? I mean, is it, it it could be one of those. I'm going to go with that. Or I, Cheryl had a look of oh on her face, so I'm going to assume that made sense to her. <laughs> when I when I see a, a member, usually it's a newcomer. Somebody that's just looking all confused and conflicted because they've heard all of the uh, OA language and stuff. I just hug them. I just hug them. Somebody did that for me when I first came back to meeting a program and they said, I need a hug. Can you help me? It wasn't the other way around. Me wanting to hug him, but he hugged me because he knew I needed a hug and I just broke down crying. So uh, a hug kind of breaks down the barriers.
I'm thinking that maybe this is just my interpretation of what that was, is that maybe maybe if you're not doing this thing, maybe if you're struggling and you go to meetings and you feel like, you know, our head will tell us anything to keep us out of here, you know, uh, and that maybe what that person is feeling is that they go to meetings and people are staying away from them because they're afraid that they'll catch this disease from them and they already have it. You know, so what, you, what, ev what everybody needs to know is that everyone deserves a seat here and that we're all God's kids. And, and you, you know, just, I just love them all and no matter what, what size they are. And you just give them a hug and let them know they're home. That's all. Thank you. This question for Matt. Please talk more about chewing and spitting, reco recovering from chewing, spitting, and spitting. You know, that issue. No one's really, I've never really had to talk about it in any. Um, when I was in high school, I, um, when I was trying to lose the weight, you know, and I was always, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm not an anorexic. I'm not a bulimic. Um, but I reached a point where I was exercising like three three hours a day on the treadmill in high school, and the whole chewing the spitting the food out was I wanted to taste the food, and I'd put it in my mouth, and I'd be like, what am I doing? And I'd spit it out. And that that didn't last didn't last too long. It lasted through like I think a a, a year of of school. <clears throat> and I think at the end of the day, what I have to deal with, I'm not going to be chewing and spitting my food out if I'm not if I won't be doing those things. If I'm being honest about the fact that I'm a compulsive overeater, and there's certain foods I have to stay away from, because then I won't put them in my mouth to begin with. Do you think that the vanity is part of the insanity or is there such a thing as a healthy dose of vanity? Mm. <laughs> Vain as I am, <laughs> I think that um, you find a balance over time and, um, and, and you start to see, for me, I start to see that it's not just vanity but it is self-esteem um, so I, I understand my limitations on what I look like what I can do but I also understand my potential in that I can do a whole lot more and I can look as good as I possibly can and uh, because it says in the literature in that little four, one day at a time thingy that um, what does it say? Uh, we should dress becomingly. It doesn't say go out and buy a whole new wardrobe, uh, but it does for me mean that work with what I got. Work with what I got, um, and just and just know that I'm worthy, that I am capable, but I'm still simply a worker bee among the many in program and in the world that I, I'm, I'm just, I'm no better than, no less than anyone else in, in, in program and in, on the planet. 
You're good with that? You're going to go with that answer? Okay. <laughs> then it is now time to close this session. Uh, oh. oh, please help me thank the speakers for sharing their experience, strength, and hope. It is now time to close the session. Please join me in a moment of silence, followed by the third step prayer. I don't know. Do we stand? Do we hold hands? I don't know. It doesn't say it on here what we're supposed to